Welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spiteri, and I'm joined by my pal, co-host, all the way from the Sunshine State. His name is Taylor Wells. How you doing, pal? Doing pretty good. It's uh, still hot, honestly, enough, here in, in Cali. That's good. It's snowing here, if you can believe that, in Canada. So, you like know, we said last week, a little bit of balance. Um... So we got we got an interesting episode for you this week. Uh, lots of different things to unpack. Usually we kind of we kind of pick a theme and do a show like that for this week. But this week this week is going to kind of be just kind of a hodgepodge of different ideas, different topics, and stuff like that. And we're just going to wrap back and forth about uh, some different happenings in the Zelda world. So thank you all for tuning in and listening to me and Taylor this week. Well, Taylor, how was uh, how was the reaction that you got from our episode last week? Well, I think I think a lot of people were kind of flipping around the same same kind of topics we were talking about in uh, the the Discord chat when we were when we were watching the direct, and where you know we had, we had a fair amount of people who were like, well, you know. Direct was fine. We got we got new information. That's really all we wanted. You know, don't don't be so hard on Nintendo. And then we also had you know a fair amount of people who who agreed with with our decisions. And then there were a few who were kind of in between. So uh, there was pretty big pretty big debate between uh, some people. Uh, I think that it was polarizing. Yeah. To be polite. Uh, we got, we got taken a task a little bit on Facebook and the site oh, really? and discord. I went and responded to a few Facebook comments that were uh, less than flattering. About... I did not see the Facebook comments. So, uh, I guess I missed out on a whole conversation there. I'm gonna have to go and look at that. Yeah. There was a couple people that, uh, instantaneously without, without hearing kind of our reasons for being disappointed uh, jumped, ju- I don't want to say jump the gun, but I, I don't know how else to say it. Jumped the gun and kind of uh, took a dump all over us for expressing our disappointment in that direct. And it, it really resonated with me. And I was actually talking to a couple local guys about this as well. And, and we were kind of going back and forth. And it was something that I wanted to further explore this week. And, you know, during the last week or so, it, there's been really a... Uh, an ongoing swirling controversy about gamers and entitlement. And I felt like this bled over into Smash Bros and Zelda a little bit. And it was kind of the perfect storm. So I wanted to talk about it a little bit. Sure. Sounds, uh, sounds good. I think, uh, I had a little bit of a conversation with, with Thor talk in the post section of, mm-hmm. of our episode as well. So so entitled is kind of the buzzword that I saw a lot. People were taking us to task on Facebook about it and calling us uh, very entitled for complaining about what we got. I think that anybody that listened to the actual podcast obviously understood that, first of all, it was a little bit 
tongue in cheek how we were disappointed in the direct. Um, second of all, obviously we were speaking from a Zelda fan's perspective and being disappointed that way. Um, but it was also just a lackluster direct overall, I thought. And then just kind of just to finish that off, like a, a lot of people that obviously haven't listened to us um, just seemed very, very offended by the fact that, you know, we called out some of Nintendo's decisions in this. And, it, and it's a fascinating, a fascinating subject, I think, because it's like in what other industry would somebody tell their paying customers, no, you're wrong for not liking this. You're wrong for expressing your displeasure and you're going to take what we give you and you're going to like it. And if you don't, then you're entitled. This so is, it, it, it's interesting. Uh, no, it, you're absolutely right. It's, it's fascinating really because... I think mo many people have the experience of both being a customer and I want to say like especially with with our generation and, and the future generation like most most people grew are growing up and, and getting like retail jobs as their first jobs and you know working from a retail standpoint you learn very very quickly that you know the number one rule in America, at least in America, is with with uh, with customer service is that the customer is always right. And the first thing you learn in in customer service and retail is that the customer is not always right. And so, hundred yes. <laughs> percent. So you, I, I'm coming from the standpoint of like I I see both sides, and I'm looking at both sides, and I think that. It, there's there's a struggle and there's a miscommunication and where you know companies decide to do one thing and it may not necessarily kind of be in line with what the consumer the or the expectations were yeah and then there's this there's so i this guess that, that leads backlash. to the to the conversation of like is it is it wrong for gamers to have certain expectations when it no. comes to a series and and Obviously, like let's let's get this out of the way. Let's preface this right now, and we're gonna talk about Diablo Immortal in just a little bit. But the fans who went after the developers personally attacked them, harassed them on Twitter, called them names. Uh, the fans that are like cancel Smash Bros. This game sucks. Sakurai is an idiot. Blah blah blah. Those are not like th those are not fans. Those are just assholes. And in no way are, are we sticking up for those people at all when we're talking about what we're talking about this week. So I just wanted to be known emphatically and clearly that, yeah, that's wrong. And that's, you know, that's toxic and there's no need for that and there's no place for that. And something we also kind of made clear in the last episode and in the comments, I think, a lot between you and I responding uh, to the ones on, on, um, on Zelda Dungeon. I'm not sure about Facebook, but uh, was that, you know... Again, we're super hyped about this game. Nothing is going to change that. And we thought that, you know, two out of the three directs for this game, you know, in the E3 presentation were, were amazing. You know, it, it just happened to be that this one direct kind of just fell short of our expectations. And, and that was it. We weren't saying like, oh, we hate this game now. We think this game sucks or that Sakurai is an asshole or you know, that Nintendo is, is failing its fans. We're, we're not saying that at all. We were just saying that, oh, 
it kind of sucks that this direct was was the one they decided to be the last direct and it was a little bit of a, a a landfall considering you know what came before it but you know it, it doesn't dampen anything in terms of our expectations and i think that's very important like nobody's saying that this game is going to be awful nobody is saying that they're not excited for it between us and you know what if there are people out there that watched this last direct and were honestly that upset about it where they don't want to support the game anymore that's your prerogative but do it with your wallet and don't do it by you know chasing after people online um, right i i think that that's i think that that's wrong and, and but, that actually uh, kind of brings us back to it because you know that conversation i had with Thorsock, and i think uh it was it was this thing that i was trying to get across the most was just like you know there there are other ways of uh, of responding to you know a, a failed expectations or or you know disappointment than you know screaming abuse at at people absolutely uh, especially when it, yeah especially when it comes to like companies and products like if you you know yelling at them and swearing at them threatening them you know whatever you want to do is a lot less effective and you know, not really going to do anything as opposed and, and to so, not buying their game or not buying their product. Now that we have absolutely established that, that we like, no, we don't condone. We don't condone anything that I would say borders on harassment borders on a, a personal attack. But, uh, you know, on the other hand too, um, there was a lot of people that were, you know, very, they, they called us out and they were just like, you know, why, why are you disappointed? This is, this is great. You know, what do you have to be disappointed about? Take what, take what he gives you and like it. And to that, I say, no, there is a lot to be disappointed about in that last direct, especially when you look at it through the lens of a Zelda fan, which if you're listening to this podcast, I have to assume that you're a Zelda fan. There was a new groundbreaking game that came out in Breath of the Wild, full of ripe characters that could have been potentially included when you when you multiply that by the fact that this game hasn't had a new unique character since 2001 let me repeat that since 2001 when super smash bros melee came out um that's disappointing that there was no new characters added when you factor in all those rumors swirling around about the inclusion of Skull Kid, and when that doesn't come true, that's disappointing. When you factor in the addition of Echo Fighters, and you know what? Hey, maybe it won't be an original moveset, but at least we'll get a new character, an Impa. You know, it could be an Echo of Sheik. When that didn't happen, that's disappointing. And I think that that's perfectly fine for us to have some expectations that, hey, Maybe you will put in a character or something from this giant game that just came out, from this massive series of yours, and when that doesn't happen, it's disappointing. I think that that's perfectly fine. And then, I know that you didn't scroll these Facebook comments, Taylor, but there's a lot of people out there like, oh, well, you know, six representatives is enough. And you know what? If they were six unique representatives, I might agree with that, but they're not. I think we also have to factor in that, like, Zelda is also one of Nintendo's biggest franchises. You know, just like Mario, just like, you know, Metroid and Donkey Kong. You know, you you have all these different, you know, major franchises in Nintendo. And if you look at it 
Zelda is one of the ones that have had the fewest unique characters, as you said, and also just the fewest characters in general um, from such a major series for for such a series that for series that's it, it's such funny an too because there are people that just will will die on the hill about no every character is different. Yeah, let me tell you something. Link, Young Link, and Toon Link are the same character with minimal minimal variance in their move sets. They all have the same up B. They all have the same down B. They all have the same slash attacks. They're the same character. It's a echo of an echo. And Ganondorf, I'm sorry to say for everybody listening to this, is a Captain Falcon clone, and he always has been. Adding in one new smash attack that uses his sword does not change that. It does not change the fact that he uses Falcon Punch and Falcon Kick as his special moves. So when you look at it, you have three unique characters. Link, Sheik, Zelda. I don't think it's it's wrong to be disappointed that there isn't more than that. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you know every it's 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 all comes down to subjectiveness. You know, not everybody's going to agree, not everybody's going to you know, have the same opinions about it. But it doesn't make it doesn't make me wrong. It doesn't make you wrong. It doesn't make them wrong either. Absolutely. That, you know, they're not disappointed, but you know it. From from our standpoint, all we were saying is is again, you know, it to us, it seems that Nintendo has not, or not maybe not Nintendo specifically, but you know, Smash Ultimate does not seem, and Smash, and by extension, Smash does not seem to be giving Zelda a fair shake. And and you, and can you know what? As us. much as much as I complain about all the Pokemon in there, I understand why there's so many Pokemon in that game because that is a massive, massive series. There's so many Mario characters because that's a massive, massive series. So I know it's kind of the old cliche, but you go back to Fire Emblem and you're like, why in the world does this series have more people in Smash Bros and more characters with unique movesets than Zelda does in Smash Bros? And it's it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. But again, nobody, nobody's saying that this is going to be an awful game. I am hyped for Smash Bros. But I do feel like everybody that just immediately jumps up and says like, you guys are entitled gamers and have no idea what you're talking about. Nintendo service up a prime rib steak. Just need to chill out and realize that, like, hey, it's okay to like be disappointed in this direct and be disappointed in what we got. And also, like, it was one direct, one direct where yeah. we we happen to be disappointed in out of the three that we've gotten. Yeah, go back so, ten episodes and listen to us uh, rant and rave about how awesome Simon Belmont and King K. Rule were. Or our live reaction to seeing Ridley just dunk on fools in E3. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Um, so I, I, I don't know. It, it was a subject that I thought was just a little bit fascinating. And in the wake of the whole Diablo Immortal fiasco, um, I thought that it was very topical as well. Uh, I You know, I wanted to talk about the Diablo Immortal fiasco a little bit on this show, but now that we're here, I don't think that I do. I want to move on to something a little bit more happy, a little bit more positive, and uh, and just kind of put this behind us. Fair enough. So, why don't we do what we do best on this show, then? And that is baselessly speculate. <laughs> You heard it right. We're going to be doing a lot of... uh, You're going to hear a lot of baseless speculation during this episode. We have got a lot to speculate about. And we're going to start with the announcement, of course, that there are the five downloadable characters 
that are coming to Super Smash Bros. Original characters with original movesets. So we're going to do what everyone else is doing. We're going to take a stab in the dark, in the pitch black dark, and we are going to give out our five picks of characters that we realistically think could end up being the five characters. So not necessarily the characters that we want, but the characters that realistically or maybe even not so realistically sometimes have a chance of making it into super smash bros ultimate taylor are you ready yes sir all right take us away with your first pick who is going to be the first downloadable fighter uh i'm going to preface this with saying that you know our 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 rules for this also include uh, the fact that if it's an assist trophy, we think it's not going to be a thing. So if it's an yes. assist trophy, we're we're not picking that as a DLC character. Uh, Sorry, Midna. Yeah, kind of kind of same thing with um, with me costumes. So with that out of the way, it was actually really really hard for me to come up with five characters that were going to be DLC. But you know, the more that we talked about it a little bit before the show the more uh, it kind of opened me up. So first off, I'm going to say, because in conjunction with our discussion previously about the no Zelda love, because of the fact that we haven't gotten so a lot of Zelda love in the recent history, I think one of the DLC characters has to be a Zelda character. Now, specifically, which one is that going to be since Midna's out and Skull Kid is out? Um, I really want Demise in the game, but that's also just a really want kind of thing. So I think with kind of Sakurai's movement and saying, hey, we're adding Parada Plant to the game and Incineroar, I'm thinking Groose might be uh, our one of our five DLC characters. Nobody, nobody would love that more than me. But I don't think that that's... I don't see it happening, but uh, man, I wish... <laughs> I wish it would. Well, if you were going to pick a Zelda character who's not an assist trophy or not in the game yet then who would you be who would you pick if it wasn't Gruz? you know it's because it won't be demise demise would be an echo fighter of ganon who's an echo fighter of captain falcon right um you kind of (laughs) go you got to go back to the fact like do you if a if a certain character is a spirit does that exclude them from being a playable fighter which i would think yes that's a great question my answer would have been Urbosa, but she's a spirit. Um, when I rewatched the direct last week, you can clearly see her there. So, um, you know, I, I keep on uh, Blight Ganon, I think. Kind of like an, an amalgamation of all the different Blights and stuff like that in Calamity Ganon. I think that's who it would be. Yeah, that's, a, that's, an interesting, uh, that's an interesting take on it. It, I yeah. think the problem with Urbosa being in the game would be that, you know, it's kind of showing favoritism towards one of the champions, and I don't think Nintendo wants to do that. You could include the other champions as maybe, like, a different skin. Like they just Urbosa. didn't show favoritism towards one of the Pokemon starters of the three. Okay, fair point. <laughs> I can't really argue with that at all. All right, I, I stand corrected. I stand corrected. All right, my first pick is... Mithra from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Mostly just because I, f- I feel like they have to put somebody from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I feel like it, it just makes sense. And it didn't make sense that nobody got in. So I think Mithra would be 
maybe the most likely now that Pyra is a spirit and Rex is a me fighter costume. Um, Mithra is Pyra. They kind of got like a Zelda chic thing going on. So if they really wanted to be ambitious, they could bring that dynamic back and have her transform into Pyra. But I, I think that she's ripe with a lot of cool moves that would make sense for Smash. And um, yeah, I, I feel like somebody from Xenoblade's got to get in. So Mithra is my best guess. That's kind of my second pick too. So uh, I'll move on by saying my third pick would... I, I really, really, really think something or somebody from Monster Hunter, uh, the Monster Hunter series is going to make it in. I don't know who it's going to be because, for one thing, I don't have the greatest experience with that, that series of game, but it's hugely popular in both Japan and now North America. So, and with the addition of Rathalos as an assist trophy, for those of you who didn't know, um, it seems it seems likely that something or someone from Monster Hunter World or Monster Hunter in general could make it in. Yep, I uh, I could see that happening for sure. Um, I think a Monster Hunter stage would be really cool too. That would almost have me more excited than the character itself. Yeah, that would thinking be really about neat. what the stage could be. So since you're at number three, I'm gonna I'm gonna lump two picks together here that I feel will be extremely unpopular, and they're unpopular to me too. So don't worry, I just have a feeling that this could happen. I would not be shocked at all to see one of the allies from Kirby All Star Allies get in as a playable character, and <laughs> I would not be shocked at all to see the lead protagonist of Fire Emblem Three Houses get in as a playable character. I can hear everybody groaning right now at that thought, but look at it. You have protagonists from the last, like, six Fire Emblem games as playable characters. So, is it really that impossible to imagine? Mm, yeah, I can't, I can't argue with that either. Like, Fire Emblem has gotten such love from from uh nintendo and sakurai over the over the years of smash you know it, it's hard to believe actually that a a new fire emblem character wouldn't make it into the game we got corin last time uh lucina's an echo fighter now uh i i i don't it seems that you just can't shake a stick without hitting a fire emblem character in right Super smash Bros. <laughs> shake it, the and tree it, like... get fire emblem is there a series that owes more to Super Smash Bros. than Fire Emblem? Like, that wasn't even North America before Smash Bros. came along. Yeah, much... Uh, it, well, to be fair, Roy, the the one of the uh, Fire Emblem characters in Smash, actually debuted in Smash and not as an own in his own game because uh, the game that he... Yeah, the game wasn't He's yet. a protagonist of. Yeah, it came out uh, a few months later after Smash came out. So, like, people are like, who the hell is this? And they're like, well, it's your new character. Yeah, so I... I, I know that that isn't popular, but I could totally see it happening. And to make it even funnier, you know how Sakurai said during the Direct that uh, they couldn't include Rex because they had already decided on the playable characters and the mm -hmm. game came out way too late after. Yeah. According to to the news, they've already decided on which five characters to put in, but I bet you that they could make it work to put the protagonist of Fire Emblem three houses in this game. I just, like, that just strikes me as a total Sakurai thing to do and just kind of go back on, like, the logic for not putting in Rex. 
I would really laugh at that too and, and look back on it and say, hmm, you know, I, I think at this point we can just disregard anything that Nintendo says is concretely happening in Smash from now on because who knows anymore. So, um, yeah, that, that's my that's my two and three. Sorry, everybody. You know, I'm going to go back to number two. And so, since you already put Xenoblade, uh, Xenoblade character in, I will, I will go ahead and mix up my list because there are a couple other characters that we talked about before that um, – I thought of after talking about with you, and I would say uh, Professor Layton, or or maybe even Phoenix Wright could be an addition. I would say less so on Phoenix Wright because he's already debuted yeah. in a fighting game in the form of Marvel versus Capcom three, but uh, Professor Layton could be a great addition. He would be very very fun, very whimsical, kind of uh, maybe a villager esque character. Um, but he's very popular. Uh, his series even had a crossover with, with Phoenix Wright, so why not? Uh, Professor Layton seems like a, a decent possibility to me, so that's my second pick. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I could see that, like, especially of the two of them, Phoenix Wright and Professor Layton. Layton seems to be the more Nintendo character of the two. Yeah. Um, I'm not familiar with his games, but I, I I could see that happening. I believe that he had a trophy in the last Smash game too. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty I sure that that he did. I think you're right. I think so. You're right. I, I I could see that. Um, I wouldn't say it's impossible. I think it's more likely than Groose. How about that? Probably. You you know you're not wrong. All right. So take it away with your third pick. Well, we already went over my third pick, so it'd be fourth. But. The fourth? Oh, you're right. You confused me with your backwards yeah, sorry. system. Um, fourth, which one should I pick? Uh, well, fourth, I think Travis Touchdown. So since we're getting No More Heroes 2, uh, it seems rather odd that Nintendo would not include a character like this in Smash. Um, no More Heroes is very, very popular for the Wii, and both in Japan and North America. And no more here enough to get a sequel now um, for the Switch. So I think Travis and Travis himself, like this, this is a character who was made for fighting games. So it yep. seems like a seems like a no brainer to me. Yeah, I think that his moveset would lend himself very well to Smash. Um, that's one that I could see happening. I'm pretty sure, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think that we threw out his name back way back when when we were talking about characters to get into Ultimate uh, after E3. So I think that that would make sense. I could I could definitely see that happening, especially with uh, Travis Strikes Again on the horizon. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm really hoping for this too, to be honest. Okay, that is that's definitely more likely than my fourth and fifth picks, but I'm I'm going for the gusto here. I think that. I think that Nintendo is going to end it with a bang and put in characters that uh, that are really going to wow people. And uh, obviously, there's no history of them doing this to back this claim up of mine. So I'm, I might just be dreaming here. But number four, I think they're going to go with Dragonborn from Skyrim. That's a I really, think really good pick. It's you know there there was just that synergy between Breath of the Wild and Skyrim for such a long time where you know you can get the breath of the wild items in skyrim breath or skyrim debuted on the initial launch trailer for the switch um you know obviously breath of the wild took a lot of inspiration from skyrim i i just feel like there's that je ne sais quoi between them so i think and you know what dragonborn honestly you could just 
customize his moves to however you wanted because you can customize your character however you want in that game. So the the moves, the possibilities are endless. So as long I as think his, that it would be a good character. As long as his his final smash is a Fusro Da. Like, just Fusro Da somebody into the ether. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be amazing. I, I do have a question for you, though. For, for yes. Dragonborn, on the implementation, because we're talking about a character that is highly customizable by the player, and every Dragonborn looks different, how would they implement that into the game? Would like he just how they have, look, like, basically? Yeah, would he just have like a Breton skin, an Argonian skin, a, hu- uh, a Wood Elf skin, a human skin, or what? How would that work? I, I feel like just look he's like probably... The yeah, I feel like he's probably going to be a human, and he's going to have that uh, that kind of Viking esque helmet on. I, that that's mm-hmm. what I imagine him looking like. Um, you know, maybe if you wanted to get really ambitious with it, you could select alternate costumes that show off different races. I think it more than likely it'd be the human form with just different skin tones, which would, I mean, honestly, that would be cool right there. So you can customize them a little bit more, but. Uh, yeah, in in my mind, I, I think it would just be the one that you see in the trailers. All right, fair enough. I I th- I think that's a good a good pick, and I was I was thinking of putting him on my list too, but uh, yeah. I, I was really struggling with how they right, take us home that design. Um, my fifth pick and final pick. I know you don't really agree with it, um, but it's a character I both want. And I I both think has a fairly decent chance, considering the fact that all of Sonic's love in Smash seems to be coming in the form of assist characters. We've Ugh. got Knuckles and we've got Shadow. Uh, I think that Tails has a good chance of getting into Smash because Tails has been with Sonic since the beginning of the franchise, really. Uh, he's always been helping out Sonic. He's He's been a pretty pivotal character throughout the series. And... You know, it would make sense to give Sonic some more love in 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 the game besides just assist trophies. Again, we're hearkening back to how Zelda, one of the ma- most major franchises of Nintendo, doesn't get a whole lot of love. Sonic isn't getting a whole lot of love either. So let's let's throw uh, let's throw Tails in there. You know, I'm gonna completely contradict myself because tons of people said to me like, "Oh, you have Zelda and Sheik and Ganon and Link. That's all you need from Zelda in there." But like, I feel like all you need from Sonic is Sonic. And maybe entire... that's because this isn't Sonic Dungeon, but I, I don't know. It, <laughs> to so, me... I was just going to say is that I'm getting this like Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Millennium Falcon feeling where it's just like, all the Sonic fans in the galaxy just cried out in pain. <laughs> Like, no, I don't. There's so many people I can I can think of off the top of my head that I know personally right now who would argue with you to the end of the days of of why you're wrong on that. Uh, for, first of all, first of all, first of all, if you're gonna put in a second Sonic character, does anybody really want Tails? But I'm just asking. I'm just. I'm, putting... I'm not like I'm not like inherently against Tails. I I just feel like. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I wouldn't saying, say his chances are completely impossible, though. I'll give you I'm that. I'm just saying that mostly because Shadow, because our rules state that we can't put people who are already in assist trophy in, so that means Knuckles and Shadow, the two obvious picks to be new fighters in the game. And besides, Shadow would just be an Echo fighter of Sonic anyway, and you could yes. argue Knuckles could be the same way, but Tails would have to have a different moveset, I feel. So, he would, Tails... Yeah. 
Tails seems like an obvious choice. I mean, you could you could go with Amy Rose. You could go with um, oh god, that would be horrible. Yeah, I'd go with Eggman before anybody. I think that I was about to say. I was like, that's really your only other option there. I yeah, I, I feel like if you're gonna put in a second character, even if you could include Knuckles or Shadow, I would have picked Tails. But I just wouldn't have included a second Sonic character because I don't think that it needs it. But uh, you know, not impossible. I think. You know, I, I think it could happen. I that wouldn't that wouldn't excite me, but whatever. It's actually it's funny. Do you remember the urban legend from uh, I think EGM posted it back in like two thousand one and said that if you KO'd a hundred people in cruel melee, that you would unlock Sonic and Tails. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. It was kind of like one of those Mortal Kombat s things, and where you know, if if you remember back in the day, like there was a whole bunch of rumors on that how you could unlock, you know, secret characters such as Reptile or Ermac before Ermac even became a thing. So it, it was kind of similar to that in terms of uh, Smash gameplay. And I'll, I'll tell you what. Interesting. If if Tails was in this game, and if you unlocked him by KOing a bunch of people in Cruel Smash, I guess, instead of Cruel Melee, that would be neat, and I would support that. It would, but it wouldn't work because he's gonna if, if he was a DLC character, then... You they, you kind of assume that like once you download it you have to automatically unlock them right? Uh, I don't know about that. I, I hope mean that's not. how I, that's I like, how it worked. In I like Smash the challenge 4. of unlocking people. Actually, I really like um I really like that you're only starting off the original eight in this game. Right, but in Smash Four with with yeah, Ryu and yeah. everybody as the DLC characters, you just automatically unlock them when you download them. So I I don't right. imagine they change the formula for for Ultimate. Well, I hope they do. I mean, they change a formula for, for you know, the amount of characters that are at the beginning. Yeah, but that's, you're right. That's true. You're right. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this off. the The crux for my last pick on my list was the flowery relationship between Nintendo and Microsoft. So when originally I made this list, I started off just being like, "Man, it would be cool if a Microsoft character went in." And I went for the lowest hanging fruit, and I was like, Minecraft. That makes sense. It's on Nintendo. It's on Switch. It may, you know, it's a simple, it's a simple thing to do. Mm. And then I was like, no, that that's kind of lame. So I don't know. There's also a lot of rumors about that floating out, and I wanted to be a little bit more daring. So then I was like, hey, maybe maybe it's gonna come true. Maybe Banjo Kazooie is coming to Smash. I think that would make all the sense in the world. You know, Banjo is on the N64. He's an instrumental part of the N64. He is still beloved by many, many Nintendo fans. But then I was just like, you know what? If I'm going to go ahead and get on the Champions cast and talk with Taylor and proclaim that someone from Microsoft is getting into Super Smash Bros., Master Chief is going to be the one I'm picking. That's right, Master Chief. He is coming to Smash Ultimate as DLC... Halo Infinite is coming out. It makes sense. Tell me that wouldn't just be the most amazing, bombastic way to cap off your DLC for Super Smash Bros. Can you imagine that? Hey, you're the one who said at the beginning of the show that we're going to do some baseless conjecture. So, you know what? I'm all for it. I would play the hell out of Master Chief as a character if he was in Smash. And And, And his moves would work great. Yeah, I agree, and I also think like his items too could 
like you know some of his weapons and things like SMGs and stuff like that could could work as, as droppable items in in a stage. I think. I think you're and right. You have the sword. That... You have the hammer. You have his final smash right. could be like the warthog. That'd be cool. Oh, absolutely. Uh, or or the scorpion tank. Uh, oh, that'd it, be cool. It, it's such a. It's such a thing because, like, I think with with Piranha Plant being announced, like, it's such a Sakurai, it's such a Japanese, it's such a Smash thing to do, and I I think sometimes we we get too caught up in in this realisticness of of our picks, and it's why I kind of erred on the side of of not likely with Tails, but like Master Chief. I agree. That totally could be in. And like, you, I don't like. Right. I don't think it's impossible. Now, I no. think that there's probably like a one to five percent chance that this actually comes true. But that's enough for me, man. I'm gonna take I, that. I honestly think we're more likely, like, especially because we we got Cloud and Ryu and Ken in the game. I think it's very likely that at least one or two of of the char- the DLC characters are going to be guest characters. From not necessarily I, Nintendo, I you know, franchises or Nintendo affiliated games. I agree, hundred um, percent. Man, you could finally have that Samus versus Master Chief match too. That'd be so cool, and you could have it on a Halo stage. You could play on Halo. That would be so legitimate, God, that'd dude. Be, that'd be, I, that would be dope. Man, I hope you're right. Like, I am praying. Imagine, imagine right. this eight-player Smash match, Mario versus Cloud, versus Sonic, versus Snake, versus Master Chief, versus Donkey Kong, versus Simon, versus Mega Man. Like, that is a who's who of gaming royalty. That, w- that would right be there. disgusting. I, and I that's, would... that, that's, there's more royalty that you could fit in. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Toss, toss in Link in there, or, you know, any number of these characters. Throw in Luigi for the lulls. Luigi, rip to Waluigi, who nobody thinks is ever coming to Smash Bros. And honestly, he doesn't deserve to come to Smash Bros. Because Waluigi sucks. You know what I'm going to say? The best thing to come of that direct were the memes. Like, yes, <laughs> I can always rely on the internet for one thing, and that and that's memeing the hell out of my favorite things in life. So, shout yes. outs to the internet and their meme-worthy creators. Thank you for all of that. It, it made my week. Alright, so from one round of baseless speculation to the next we got some very exciting news this week nintendo is looking to hire some people now they're not looking to hire them for any particular project that they've specified yet but i'm going to read you a little excerpt from zelda dungeons coverage of this article and we can draw our own conclusions so to quote the first position sought is a topographical designer to create terrains Very specifically, the ad calls out dungeons, along with level design and concept art creation. The second position Nintendo seeks to fill is a level designer meant to handle game events and enemies. Understandably, both positions will require applicants to possess a great deal of experience in game development. It should be noted that nothing in either listing mentions exactly what this project could be, if it's a new game or a work on an existing game, nor what console it could be on. All we know is that both positions are very specifically for The Legend of Zelda, leaving us to wait in excitement for the potential of new developments. What do you think this is? 
Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Anuma or Miyamoto already say that like they were already in development of a new Zelda? Uh, I don't remember hearing that specifically, no. I do remember them saying that development on Breath of the Wild was complete. Yeah, and then I think... Like, so there's no more DLC for that game. Well, it was something after the champ. It, I'm trying to remember the exact specifics of it, but it, there was something after the Champions Ballad released where, like, a, a fan or or some news website had asked Anuma about you know Zelda and its future, and he made some glib comment and where it made it, it made it seem like they were already in talks at least to on what the next Zelda was going to be. Like they already knew the direction, they already knew where they were going. You know, whether the game was actually in production or not, I assume it is. Like, every Zelda game that we've gotten usually starts development. Yeah, uh, I, I assume right that they're after. already working on the next entry. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, obviously with that description, like, it could be anything. It could be a freaking Pokemon Mystery Dungeon game for all we know. But You know what? I was going to say, I know I keep on bringing up this topic, but I, I really expect a mobile Legend of Zelda game sometime soon, and I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, that's what this was. That could a very be really simple, interesting. A very simple... I always kind of envisioned a mobile Zelda game as like a... Uh, as like a dungeon crawler where like you maybe have different dungeons and stuff to go through rather than like a full-blown adventure kind of game like that. Well, what if we combine two things? So know. you know how he, uh, you're saying you're always hyping on about, you know, Zelda coming to mobile? Well, you know how I'm always hyping about Link's Awakening getting a remake after that rumor uh, about the 3DS getting one? Um, I, what, what if they combine the two ideas? What if we got Link's Awakening 2 for a mobile game? Uh, I, like I think that's pretty unlikely. Or, I, or, or, I don't okay, know or, or something. You know, along those lines, you could you could totally do it. You know what? I'd be down for that. I'd be totally down for that. Well, you know what? Let's be honest here. There's not much for uh, for a new Zelda game coming out that I wouldn't be down for. So whatever that, it is, yeah. I hope that we get some uh, information about it soon. Yeah, I, I mean, being a Zelda fan, I have to err on the side of yeah. I really hope that this announcement means you know we we're getting a new Zelda and. You know who knows Tokyo Game Show E3 whatever we're gonna we're gonna have a brand new announcement a new six second trailer and then six years of hey, waiting the Game Awards maybe that's that comes out right. I want to say the day before Smash Ultimate so mm, very true oh wouldn't that and, wouldn't that be cool if they revealed one of the uh, the downloadable fighter characters at the Game Awards that would be that would be crazy a man can dream oh, all right I th- let's move I feel on like we're doing uh, a lot of that yeah we're. Oh, it's based on speculation, rumor, and innuendo. That's what this show excels in. Those are our that's our bread and butter here. So you we know that when there's a bunch of that to to go around, we're going to be on on point. Oh yeah. All right, let's move on to something that is uh, not rumor and innuendo. It is decided. That is best Zelda ever. We said we we're going to talk about it, and we're finally here. Like three weeks later, we're going to run down Zelda Dungeons best Zelda ever. Of course, if you have not read this yet what are you doing get over to zeldadungeon.net and read this list it is a a list that i'm very proud of um it is a surprisingly different from from last year's yeah it's it's uh a combined effort from every single editor at zelda dungeon 
everyone contributed insight and tidbits into why this particular Zelda game was their favorite, why this wasn't, you know, why this one wasn't, why maybe this one wasn't as good as the other, or why. It's just, it's such an interesting coming together of so many different perspectives and point of views. Um, You know, everybody that writes for Zelda Dungeon is a Zelda fan, but nobody is the same Zelda fan, you know? So it's, Mm -hmm. I can't encourage you guys to go and check this out enough. It's, uh, It's an article that I'm really proud of. I think the the best thing you can say about it is this thing is 7,000 words long and it feels like nothing. You read it and it just feels like it's action-packed. Yeah, it's, it's over before you know it. So, why don't we run through this list? We'll talk about whether we agree with it, where what our personal picks were, and uh, just kind of commentate on it. What do, you th- what do you say? Let's do it. I'm excited. All right. So again, if you have not read this list, head over to ZeldaDungeon.net. Best Zelda ever, 2018 edition. Really encourage you to do that. Coming in dead last. Last place. Eight last place finishes is The Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes. And actually, I just want to preface this to anybody that's listening that doesn't know how the scores work. So all of the all of the editors ranked the Zelda games 1 to 18. And... We assigned them points based off that. So if a game finished in first place, it got 18 points. If a game finished in last place, it got one point. And then, obviously, everything corresponded in the middle there. So, at the end of it, we added up all of the points that a particular game got. And that is how we determined these rankings. So there's 20 different editors that weighed in on this. So, that's how it works to anybody that's listening. So, far and away, last place was Triforce Heroes. And you know what? I gotta say, I'm one of those eight that ranked it dead last. You know, I one of these days, you know, assuming I I continue to work for Zelda Dungeon for years and years to come, uh, I which I really hope I do. I love this site. Um I I, I one of these years I'm just gonna rank Triforce Heroes number one. Just to see how far that puts it up on the list, if at all. I will tell you definitively, you could have ranked it number one and it still would have finished last by a while. Also, feels, to everybody listening, nobody had the point totals for this list except for me and Rod, actually, because I didn't want to be accused of uh, tampering and corruption. Oh, yeah. like our But basically, commissioner. basically, I had I had I had the scores for until about a week before it went live and I showed it to someone else. We we did a little th- was it, the night night before we released the list and we uh, we were talking about it in the staff break room and just chatting about um, where we thought everything placed and you kind of slowly revealed the list as we went down. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> oh man, it's, some of the conversations we had about that were were not just interesting but also just really really wacky and out there. It's funny. So, yeah, Triforce Heroes, I feel like it deserves to be last, and last it is. Um, mm, it hurts my So, number 17. I was surprised by this. Adventure of Link. I thought that this game would kind of experience a renaissance due to Gooey and Mossy's just really loving this game and, and pushing this game. And I'm surprised that it didn't. It finished, uh, it finished pretty well. It wasn't close to 16th place. It obviously wasn't close to last place. But, uh, you know, Adventure of Link, here it is. So something I I suspect is the case here is that like everybody knows that Mossies and and Gooey and kind of sort of by extension like Kevin and some of our and Josh like 
they all tend to like a lot of the earlier Zelda games. So we're talking, you know, A Link to the Past, you know, Original Legend of Zelda, Adventure of Link, Minish Cap, or not Minish Cap, but... Um, definitely not Minish Cap. Right, not definitely not Minish Cap, especially where Mossy's a concern. Um, but like, like a lot of those earlier 2D Zelda titles, you know they they're huge fans of so i think it's like it wouldn't it's not necessarily a surprise to a lot of our editors that you know they like those games and that that they push those games and also like a, a fair number of our newer editors are also a little bit younger than say um, and and i guess it's it's worth mentioning I. too that a lot of the people that like the the older games they're not actually writers so they didn't have a vote in this list so kevin and josh True. Our walkthrough editors didn't have a vote, and really the only people, the only two people high on this game were the Hyrule Compendium guys. So, I guess that that is why it finished in last place because everyone else doesn't really like it. And you know what? I don't disagree. It. I I recently played Adventure of Link not that long ago, maybe like three weeks ago, and uh, it would be a lower tier Zelda game on my list. So I like it. It's fun, but. It's just it's so different from from like you think you think Breath of the Wild is different in the Zelda formula. Adventure of Link was worlds apart from from what everybody was used to in the first one. So like and from from all the others in the series. So it, it's got that interesting factor, but you know it, it it's hard to say that it still holds its own today. So yeah, I agree. Um. So number 16, Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventures. I actually ranked this game a little bit higher. I have a lot of fun with it. I think I did too. I can understand why people rank it lower though. Uh, first of all, playing the game is is a hassle. Like actually getting the components to play the game is a hassle. Um, and if you play this game alone, it's, it's not very fun. I think this is a trend with multiplayer Zelda games is like, a lot of editors rank these as their lowest ranked games. One, because a lot of them are hard to play with, or, or at least get or set up to play with other people. And the fact that most of the fun from those games comes from that factor, and yes. it's hard to do, it, it it's easy to see why people rank it low. This was, uh, this was a game as well that the most editors hadn't played. Most editors have played every Zelda. Um, a couple of them haven't played one or two here and there. I think about three different editors, maybe four, had not played this game. So that definitely factors into it as well. Mm. So I, I ranked like, it higher. I can understand why it's lower. Yeah, I think there are also some editors, like myself, like where there are some Zelda games where I've played them all, but there are some that I haven't played in many, many years, or I've only played once. So yeah. Yeah, those those games tend to usually fall a little lower on the, on the ranking list than, than others. But... Um, I don't know. I I I can't rank, I wouldn't rank Four Swords or Four Swords Adventures by that extension higher than where it's ranked in the list maybe. But uh they're not <laughs> bad games by any stretch of the imagination. I I'm going to lump the next two together here if that's okay. Um Go number ahead. 15, The Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks, number 14, The Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass. So both of these games actually rose a rank in our list this year, and they did that at the expense of Four Swords, which fell two spots. I don't agree with that. These are obviously my two least favorite Zelda games, aside from Triforce Heroes. Um, 
it's hard for me, you know, I know that I always rag on Spirit Tracks and Phantom Hourglass, but it's just hard for me to separate from these games what could have been. But you know what, there I mean, are a lot of people that like them, so I'm I'm happy for those people, I'm happy that these games rose up. Look, I, like, these, these games were, were they were fun. And I think, like, Phantom Hourglass had some of the best implementations of items in, in a Zelda game. But, yeah, I, I, I <laughs> they're better than Wind Waker, in my opinion, but not much. So, I, <sighs> I'm with you in the fact that I don't think they deserve to be very high on the list. But at least Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks did some new things that were, you know... At least you can't say that they weren't innovative. How about that? Yeah. That's the best thing that I can say. Um, all right, so number 13, The Legend of Zelda for NES. This game is the game that most people got wrong in our competition um, in terms of getting points. We did a giveaway in conjunction, or in conjunction with uh, The Legend of Zelda, uh, best Zelda ever list. And so most people rated... The Legend of Zelda as if it was going to finish like in the top, I don't know, eight or top five. And I think people hmm. that were in this competition really overestimated the nostalgic value of Legend of Zelda. Um, it it actually dropped a rank this year. It was 12 last year. It's 13 this year. Um, you know, I, I think that's about where I ranked it on my list. Maybe a spot or two in between, but I, I don't disagree with its placement here. I think I was the same. I I always imagine the original Zelda as falling somewhere in the middle of the pack, usually maybe on the lower end of the of the spectrum. Yeah, just because the more Zelda games that come out, yeah, the I, you know uh... the more advanced they get, the better they usually get. Um, so it it's it's gonna be hard for the original Zelda to ever be like top of the list unless somebody has unless like eighty percent of our editors suddenly get a nostalgic wave and saying, oh man, I gotta play that original. I think it's the best ever, but. And you know what? I literally just finished playing that game, and I was probably as high on it as I'm going to get. And I think middle of the pack is fine. I think it just says a lot that you can't play it without a walkthrough. You know? I I mean, you can, but... (laughs) It's a great game. Not if you've never played it before. It is a classic, and I think it will forever at least be middle of the pack. You know, it's it's a fun game. It's a good game, but... It's not going to top the list, but I also don't think it's ever going to bottom the list. All right, so moving up one position to number 12, The Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons, remaining at number 11, The Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages. Uh, I, th- I think that that, again, is probably an appropriate rank for them. I would, of course, have ranked Seasons over Ages, and I know that you would have too. Yeah. Um, And actually ages although they finished you know right beside each other ages finished far and away with a higher point point total than seasons did um ages was kind of challenging for the number 10 spot actually and i think that that's due to uh, the hyrule compendium guys really being high on oracle of ages but um you know i i think that this is probably an appropriate place for them so i i'm i'm okay with that uh i I think that's about where they were in my list I I'm pretty sure I rank them middle of the pack both of them. Um, is I would rank seasons ahead of ages, but I wouldn't rank ages like you know far below seasons. Like I don't think any other game would would replace ages in being you know neck and neck. But 
I, I think overall, like I have a really strong nostalgic factor for those two games. Like I play, I played both of them a lot when I was a kid, uh, have, after having played, um, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask and, you know, I would play them on bus rides to uh, a diabetic camp that I used to go to, and I would play with my friends. And so it has a strong, it has a strong nostalgic factor with me. But from a gameplay standpoint, I can see why they would be middle of the pack as opposed to anywhere near the top. Like they are not phenomenal, phenomenal Zelda games, but they are really good ones. And for being mobile and handheld games, they're great. Yeah. And, and you know what, maybe this is uh, not fair to say and is generalizing, but I think with younger editors, um, the 2D games are always going to be at a disadvantage versus the 3D games. Yeah, so I it's think, gonna be hard I think for them. You're, you're absolutely on target with that. Um, so number 10, this was a little bit disappointing for me. The Legend of Zelda Diminished Cap, it fell a rank from last year at number 9. Its highest rank was number 3, and I'm pretty sure that was you that ranked it there. And I ranked Probably. it number 4. I, I did rank it number 3. So, uh, obviously, we're both big fans of this game. Uh, we had a lot of fun playing it at the Zelda Engine Marathon this year. Um, That's some of the most fun I've ever had playing the game, so... <laughs> I, yeah, I had an absolute blast playing the Minish Cap. You know, I, I just think that this is the most underrated Zelda game, bar none. Um, and hopefully next year, you know... It can it can rise a little bit higher. Um, I, I know that there. I think there was maybe one or two editors that hadn't played it yet. So hopefully we can uh, we can get them to play it and get them get them on the good on the good train on the Minish Cap train. That would be lovely. I, I personally I I don't understand why, especially like fans of the older two D series like Mossies and and Gooey, aren't such big fans of the game. Like it. I I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't, I, I don't know. You and I love it. I think that's what really matters. And it did. It was middle of the pack, which is not bad. I'm okay with that as long as it's not in the bottom. So, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm never going to be, you know, expecting it to chase the top five. But uh, I was hoping that it could gain a little bit of ground. But ultimately, it didn't. But that's okay. So that'll just be our hidden gem. Exactly. Number nine, falling a a rank from last year. Uh, the Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. Now, it's also worth noting, every single game from number 9 to number 1 had at least one editor rank it at the top of their list. So, Rod Lloyd, managing editor and lifeblood of Zelda Dungeon, this is his uh, first pick. It was his first pick last year, first pick this year. So, it did fall wow. a little bit, but uh, you know what? I, I love A Link Between Worlds, and I think I ranked it number 8 on my list, if I'm not mistaken. He really ranks it as his number one Zelda game. Wow, I need to talk to him about that because that is a that is a really interesting opinion. I think. Yeah, he uh, he's he's very very high on a link between worlds. So, where does he? Whenever rank we do uh, whenever we do a link between worlds specific episode, which I think we will in the future, we'll make sure that we include him. Yes, absolutely, we have to. All right, number eight. I know that you're not going to like this. The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. Worth noting, the lowest rank that it had was 18 out of 18. And I will give all the listeners three guesses as to who ranked it last. I mean, if you need three guesses, then clearly, A, nobody pays attention to the site and nobody listens to this podcast at all. So, <laughs> this game... You know what? 
you had to be happy with this result though because Wind Waker I was number six last year and it fell to number eight this year. No, you're absolutely right. I I totally am happy with with this ranking because a you said it's the lowest ranking it's ever had on a Zelda dungeon list, and it also fell a place from last year. So. I, you know, like all things considered, I won big. I won the lottery this year when it came to the best Zelda ever list. And not not to feed his ego either, but actually, I think a link between worlds was about two points behind Wind Waker. So it it Wind Waker almost finished in ninth, actually. Oh man, I see where I need to put a link between worlds on my list next year. Uh, there's a little bit of strategy going on here, but I I do know there was somebody uh, on the on the comments section of our last podcast episode who actually wanted to know why I ranked it number 18. So I'm just going to very small segment. Let's talk about that real quick. I just, it's the dungeons were not very good for me. They were a little boring Uh, with the exception of the earth temple. I found that a little interesting. The overworld was like skyward sword 1.0 and where there was a lot to it, but it was very empty. And I, I was not a fan of that. Uh, I don't like the graphic style, um, but it has really, really, and the gameplay is very, very reminiscent of of previous Zelda games with very little innovation, in my opinion. So overall, like, it has great gameplay, or sorry, it has great uh, story, and it has great music, but that's really all it had for me, and so I can't, I just, I'm not a fan of it at all. And that's just me, but that's why I ranked it 18. Hey, there you go. All right, so the biggest jump in the list this year, number seven, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, uh, with a new editor coming in and ranking it first overall. Uh, I'm happy for this game. Who ranked it number one? Because that person's my new uh, hero. Fellow Canadian Matt Peterson, new junior editor at Zelda Dungeon. Can Um, we give him a raise? In my list, Link's Awakening finished at number six, so I think that that's probably a pretty accurate uh, spot for it. It's a good it's a good placement. Link's Awakening is a fantastic game and I think it's uh along with Minish Cap, I think it's actually one of the more underappreciated underappreciated Zelda games. This is more so I think amongst newer Zelda fans, not necessarily older Zelda fans, but it's one of the it's one of the classics, it's one of the greatest Zelda games ever. So Yeah, I uh I love Link's Awakening. I think it's very underrated. I'm hoping for that 3D remake that you keep on uh, pining for. I So there we go. Number six, this made me very happy. This game rose up and challenged for number five. Six is Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. So last year it was seven. This year it rose up to number six, and it damn near took number five. I think it missed it by one point. You and I both agree on Skyward Sword. You and I both think Skyward Sword is one of the best Zelda games ever. I, I think in a lot of respects, it is the best Zelda game ever. Like, definitely in terms of story, in terms of cinematography, pacing, characters. Yeah. I think it's the yeah, best. That, see, that's another thing I think that, that Skyward Sword and Ocarina of Time both do this, I think, better than Wind Waker, is is the pacing of both gameplay and the story. Um, like, Wind Waker had this awful Triforce quest, which was, albeit fixed a little bit in the HD edition, from what I hear. Uh, but it had this awful Triforce quest that took you forever to do and just took you out of your way to complete. 
But in Skyward Sword, like, all of the things that you do in the game, like, you have a clear purpose. Even if you have to backtrack to certain areas to do things, there's a good reason for doing so, and the rewards for doing so are well worth it. And the story, as you said, phenomenal. The be- I agree. It's probably the best story told in any of the Zelda games. Yeah, I, I hear a lot of people complain about how linear that game is, but when your game is that good, does it really matter? The Last of Us is a very yeah. linear game, but... Who cares? Damn it, it if it's so not good. one of the best games ever made. Exactly. Number five, The, le- the Legend ugh, the legend of Zelda, Twilight Princess. Give me some water or something. Uh, um, this is an anomaly on this list because it actually fell a spot from last year. Last year, uh, Twilight Princess had the most number of first place votes and still didn't finish atop the list. This year, it has tied for the most first place votes and actually fell a spot and it's just curious because our editors either love or hate this game i don't think that there's a single person who had this game like at eight or nine like somewhere in the middle it was either at the top or it was at the bottom yeah we thought our uh, last uh, last week's episode of of talk of champions cast talk about smash was polarizing twilight princess seems to be the most polarizing game in zelda it's absolutely so weird um you know, I, uh, I'm one of the guys who ranked it towards the bottom. Um, it's just, it's not, it's not for me. It's, uh, yeah. and, and you know what? I've played it about three times this year and every time I played it more, I'm just like, ah, oh, I just, uh, you know, something about this game I don't like. It's too bleak. It's too drab. It's too, I, you know, I hear a lot of people that are just like, I love the aesthetic of this game. Like it's. It's the best Zelda aesthetic, and to me, it's it's one of the worst. I, I'm one of those people who totally understands why this game ranks so high in people's lists, but I'm also one of those people who doesn't feel the same way. So I think this, this game actually fell on my list a little bit this year. There, there were only a few games that really a lot on, on my list. list. Well, I, I understand that because of marathon prep. Like, a, I hate to say it, but Ocarina and Majora almost fell on my list because of marathon prep, but they ultimately didn't because I realized later on um, how much I missed doing, like Easy. playing them. And as much as we played them, but... Ocarina of Time, I never had a bad time playing it. Yeah, never, no. Like it... when we were practicing, I had just a blast. That's true. Absolutely true. So the curious case of Twilight Princess continues. Number four, The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. It swaps spots with Twilight Princess. It rises up a spot this year. Two first place votes. Uh, you know, it's. I ranked it a little bit lower on my personal list, but who am I to argue? You know, it, it's a watershed game. It's a it's a pivotal moment in, in Zelda history. Um, the, perhaps even the pinnacle of the golden era of gaming. So... You know what? You know, it's not my favorite 2D Zelda. Uh, Minish Cap is, and I'd probably say Link's Awakening is above it. But, hey, I'm, you know what? I don't have a problem with Link to the Past at number four. I have zero problems with A Link to the Past, mostly because I view it as a gateway drug to Ocarina of Time. Without A Link to the Past, I don't think we would have gotten Ocarina. That's a pretty good way to put it. Um... So let's just move on from that. Let's leave, let's leave it at that. Number three. And you know what? This really surprised me. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. 
Now, last year, this game finished in third spot as well, and I was like, there's no way that this game is going to hold that up. The, once the initial rush and excitement wears off, it's going to fall. And especially with kind of how the Champions Ballad was received, I was like, this game is going to fall. But you know what? It held strong at uh, at number three. Um, Link to the Past did challenge it for that spot. It barely beat it, as a matter of fact. But, uh, you know, I... I think that it's appropriate, and I'm, I might catch some flack here, but I ranked it number three on my list as well. So, uh, you know what? That works for me. Breath of the Wild is kind of like Twilight Princess um, in where the more I play it, the less I find I like about it. Um, I think Breath of the Wild succeeds the way it does solely based off of its gameplay. Like, it is such a phenomenal and fantastic game on a gameplay level that it almost carries it through through rankings and it's so good in that respect that i think people forget sometimes how lacking it is in in other areas but hey that's again that's just my opinion i think i I feel like that's a a valid criticism i really do is great like i agree uh, it fell on my list, but I think it suffers from the MGS5 effect and where it has great gameplay, but everything else about it just kind of falls flat. And wasn't You know what, I was, I was going to rank it lower too, but I, I just remembered that like when I was thinking about it, I, I remembered all the different shrines and then all of the, the, the breathtaking moments from that game. And I, I was just like, you know what, I think it is perfectly placed at number three. So. And, and that's perfectly valid. Like it, you're, you're not wrong. It has a lot of those moments. I, yeah, I, I, I don't striking. think that it competes with Skyward Sword or Ocarina of Time, but uh, you know, I, I think that it is, it's incredible. But I, I, yeah. I think your criticisms are like a hundred percent valid. So, cool. Number two. Last year's number one, Legend of Zelda: Majora's Mask. Um. Mm. You know what? We had a lot of editors last year that ranked this game at number one, and three of them, I want to say. And this year there was only one. And one of the guys that ranked it la- uh, ranked it first rather last year was Gooey Fame, and you know his vote flipped. He ranked Ocarina of Time number one. So wow. I think that that was a reason why. You know what? This game fell on my list this year as well, and maybe just because I haven't actually played it this calendar year. But a game like Minish Cap, I think, to me, that just surged up my rankings. And then when I decided to keep Breath of the Wild where it was, this game fell into number five on my list. I kind of think that the reasoning for that is the same for both you and Gooey. I think because you had so much fun with Minish Cap at the marathon this year that it kind of rose in the rankings for you. And I think because Gooey won the Ocarina of Time race, I came in second, by the way. Uh, <laughs> that kind of affected his ranking a little bit, maybe. Yeah, I no, I I think that that's entirely plausible. Um, yeah, I think I mean, that uh, you know, number two is definitely nothing to sneeze at. Oh um, yeah, and when it's all said and done, like Majora's Mask, you know, it oh, definitely fantastic. definitely deserves a top five spot, no matter no matter what you call it. It's. Like the the sort the storytelling in the game is probably second only to Skyward Sword, and the gameplay of it it takes everything that Ocarina of Time does and it does it better gameplay wise, um, and 
it's just it's just fun. The only downside to the game is that it's so damn short. Um, it, it is, it is, but I guess it is and it isn't. Um, going to the story for a second, the thing that works so well about Majora's Mask is that you really just make the story your own. Like that, that really is the game where like you create the story. Maybe Breath of the Wild does this as well, but to me, that's what I it think. Tries think to of that game. I think Majora's um, Mask it succeeds more at that. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> just um, say. Yeah, no, I, I think that. Uh, I think that number two, I, I didn't rank it as high this year, but um, I think number two is an appropriate spot for it. Maybe maybe a little bit higher than I would have had it, but hey. The the real news here is that we have a new number one. We both ranked this game at number one. I know that. Four first place votes, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And you know what? We're not going to talk about that this week. We're going to get right to the end because... We are going to have an entire episode based around Ocarina of Time celebrating its 20th anniversary. So we are going to be chatting about everything Ocarina of Time related in that episode. So if you want to hear our thoughts on it, yep, you got to tune into that. And it's going to be a blast. We've both played the heck out of Ocarina of Time this year. So we have a lot of fresh thoughts, new perspectives, playing it from a speedrunner's perspective. Um, And just we're going to go over some of our memories and some of our, you know... The, the first moment when we knew that this was the game. And so that's going to be coming up uh, not this week, or not next week, but I think the week after that. All right. For the 20th anniversary edition of Ocarina of Time. So there you go. So that was our best Zelda ever list. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, man, head over to Zelda Dungeon. Read this list. I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud of how it turned out. Um, you know, what more can you say? Nothing, really. <laughs> the best and so since there's nothing more to say we are going to say goodbye to you the listeners this week thank you so much for listening to the champions cast here on zeldadungeon.net uh head over to podbean head over to itunes subscribe like drop a comment leave a review let us know what you think of uh you know our our opening statements i'm really interested to see what the response is for that we appreciate everybody listening Definitely make sure that you come back. We are going to be talking about Ocarina of Time very, very soon. You can head over to Twitter at Spateri316. That is me. Him at GIF underscore Bluehawk Taylor Wells. That's going to do it for us this week. We are out of here. Again, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you guys next week here on the Champions Cast. Peace out, friends.